Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast for you non-math majors. And for those keeping track at home, this is episode five. We are very glad to be back. I'm Ryan the Goose Gossiker. As always, we have a loaded, jam-packed show for you. I'm your host. Joel Anbioko is my co-host. And Joel on, there's some big news today because we're finally back in person. And this is awesome. Oh, great to be back with you, bro. Great to be hanging out. It's been long awaited. Finally to be back. Let's get this thing going. Absolutely. And it's 70 degrees, so it's beautiful. We're outside on a deck, and uh, you can't really complain outside of the birds chirping and the planes flying. But other than that, we're going to jump right into it. We're so excited to talk just sports. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot going on. Now, we usually start with the NFL. There's not much going on. Their training camps are going to start with locker rooms six feet apart. Uh, they've mostly been quiet here in terms of the pure sports world. Uh, more than anything else. So let's jump right into the NBA. And the NBA is coming back July 31st. Their training camps are starting on July 9th. They will be in Disney World in Orlando, Florida. You can't ask for a better spot, believe me. Okay, and this is going to get really interesting. And, and they might be the first sports league back as we're going to touch upon another another big sports league later in the show. But the, the NBA has an opportunity here to do something really, really well. And Adam Silver, I think, right now, has just done a terrific job putting this all together. 13 teams from the West, 9 from the East. A 20, each team's going to play 8 seeding games, and then they're going to go into a play-in tournament, and then they're going to play the postseason just like we normally would. So, Joel, how do you think the NBA has fared so far in, in terms of what they're doing to try and restart this league in the crazy pandemic that we've been in? Well, I, do, I think they're doing a great job. Adam Silver, once again, is doing um, a great job in getting the sport to the fans. He's been doing a great job for years as commissioner. And the, the seeding game is really interesting. You had mentioned already the 13 teams from the West and the 9 from the East. Um, I think he's really doing that uh, star-eccentric move. He's trying to bring stars to the viewers in the final uh, special eight seeding games before we head into the playoffs. Yeah, and, and this is where I'm going to toot my own horn here. And I don't know how to play the horn, but if I did, I'd toot it really loud. Because on the last episode I talked about, they're going to get Zion Williamson in the playoffs. And again, I'm not upset about it. I am I really am not. This is a star-driven league, but it sets up for a really intriguing because you mentioned the West is bringing back four additional teams. The East is only bringing back one. That should speak to you how good the East is. And it's only because it's Bradley Beal, not because it's the Wizards. They're actually probably actually really bad. But, you know, the West is really intriguing with Zion and the Trailblazers, John Morant's team in Memphis is sitting in that eight seed. So I think I think it's really fascinating. But yeah, in the last in the last episode, if you haven't watched it, you can check it out on Apple, Spotify, or SoundCloud. I hit it right on the head. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step back here, Jolan. I'm gonna toot my own horn for a second. Uh, as, you, as you talk a little bit. Um, you could definitely toot your own horn. I think what you called was basically spot on to what the NBA has been about for years. You know, they've stayed true to them wanting superstars on TV. They've wanted, um, they've stayed true to them wanting superstars in the playoffs and giving them a fighting chance to be in the playoffs. I also think it's a good point that you mentioned Zion coming back because in this final eight-game stretch, we might have a rookie of the year race between Zion and Ja, and I know most people at home would be like, all right, Ja would lock it up for the months he's played, but Zion's a different type of player, he's a different type of superstar, and he can definitely make votes count in eight games. And if and if we're just being fair, you know, in theory, Ja Morant should win, you know, Rookie of the Year, and if Zion had played the full season, he would have run one Rookie of the Year by a landslide. But it is unbelievable that Zion walked into the NBA and within his first uh, anywhere from 18 to 25 games, 
has just set the league on fire. On fire. On fire. And he's just been absolutely terrific. He's in a 2K21 commercial. Now, I don't think he's the cover athlete, but he's the perfect guy to be in a commercial. The fans love him. Uh, you know, he's just a big dude, and he's awesome to be around. So, it is really interesting. But you look at the other teams that they're bringing back. You have that race between them. You have the uh, the Portland Trailblazers with Dame and CJ. Listen, Dame is as, as much of a stone-cold killer as... As anyone in this league, okay, come? number one, and then you know you start looking at some other teams. You know the Spurs, Lamarcus Aldridge had shoulder surgery, uh, so. But don't count uh, out Pop. Don't count out right, Pop down the stretch. Absolutely, so they took a huge hit. Uh, the Suns, listen, I think that's just to try and get Devin Booker in the playoffs. To be completely honest, uh, you know they're six games back. More of that superstar push narrative. Yeah, absolutely. And then the Kings. I mean, listen, the Kings don't have a superstar, but they have De'Aaron Fox. They have Marvin Bagley. They have Luke Walton. Uh, they, they're just they're, those young guys are fast. They they play above the rim and they're exciting to watch. So the the very strategic on who they bring back. So I'm excited to see not only the bottom but the top as well. I think the top is really interesting with both LA teams. You have Houston. What are they going to do? Luca's going to get in the playoffs. They might play the Clippers in the first round. Uh, I believe if if it were to start today, they would. That would be really intriguing. Uh, unfortunately, the Jazz with Bojan Bogdanovic. He had wrist surgery, so their season, you know, listen, they're still a good team, but they're not really going to make a run here. And you got CP3 leading that OKC team. Which is a great story the, in that. The West, is, the West is really, really interesting, and, and I'm excited to watch it. And, again, I think the number one storyline is what LeBron James are we going to get? Is it he's 35 and it's too hard to rev up that engine again? Or is it he's, he's well-rested like we saw him come into this season? And he just set the league on fire again and reminded everybody he's the best player in the league. So I think it, I, I, I think the West, again, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, they're dominating the headlines and, and for most part in the in the right ways. Oh, I, th- I think the West in itself is better competition than the East, like you had mentioned already. I think the Western Conference Finals is going to be better than what the Finals is going to bring to us. But I think it is a testament to how deep the West is when they're only taking teams six or fewer games back from playoff contention. And then you get an additional five to four teams looking to get into the playoffs for the West, and you only get one from the East. And the East outlook, I really feel like the top teams that could be contending with this rest are teams that are already experienced and well-matched together, like the Bucks, the Celtics, and the 76ers. But you mentioned LeBron coming back and how he will play. What is your expectation besides LeBron? What is your expectation for the first eight seeding games? What is your expectation for the playoffs? Is it going to be basketball, or will there be an asterisk at the end of the year? Yeah, so this this is really interesting, and it's a, it's a great question. What I will tell you is, is I think teams like the Celtics are going to light the league on fire when they come back in those first eight games. And I think everybody's going to overreact. And I'm not saying Boston's a bad team. I don't think they're getting to the finals, but they're going to come out hot because they they rely on a lot of uh, a lot of team pieces. But can you say that confidently when a team like Boston has a leader like Kemba and they probably have the most chemistry out of most teams, especially with the break, yeah, Kemba has joined the team recently, but guys like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown definitely have chemistry as opposed to someone like the Lakers who had just formed a team around LeBron recently, a team like the Clippers who had just formed recently, a team like the Celtics could very well benefit from a three-month period of absentee. Absolutely. And and again, just because I don't think they're going to win the finals doesn't mean I don't think they're going to be really good. Of course. I actually do believe they're going to be one of the better teams. And again, it, it all varies on the situation. The Lakers, listen, that's like when you play high school or college athletics and a freshman or sophomore starts setting, starts setting records and everything. 
you know, and and by the end of the year, you're like, well, that's that can't be a freshman. It's the same thing with the Lakers. At this point, it looks like they've been playing together for three, four years. LeBron likes to get his guys involved, so it, it makes it look more like that. I it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. And again, I I don't know. This might be a situation where it's not just vet teams or it's not just team teams. It could be a mix. It could we could see a team like the Lakers are really good. The Celtics are really good, but maybe the Magic aren't as great. Maybe the Heat take a step back. So just something like that. I I don't know if we're going to get one concrete answer, to be so honest. So, from that one concrete to one individual team, not looking opposed to the league, the 76ers are a good team to look at in the East because the East is wide open as opposed to, like I said, the top three teams should be 76ers, Celtics, or Bucks based on talent, based on chemistry. But the 76ers have been great at home and terrible on the road. Do you think they will benefit from something like this? It's really hard to tell because if you're going to get the home team, you're going to get a team that can compete for a championship. That can win the finals. Right, because they have the talent. They have the talent, no doubt. But if if we're going to get the road 76ers, you're talking about a a JV team, okay? That's really what they play like. Now, I've heard people joke, hey, maybe they should just bring Meek Mill to the bubble and try to make it feel as as much like Philly as possible. Uh, but, you know, again, that that's a team, a team that a lot of people aren't talking about that a friend recently brought this up to me. It's the Miami Heat. Young. Jimmy Butler is a proven leader. They have dynamic three-point shooters. Tyler Hero is a killer. Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, who went to Williams College, it's in my conference. We hate purple, but uh, respect <laughs> to him coming there from the D3 school. Bam. Bam guys. out of bio. Bam has been able to guard Giannis in certain situations. Efficiently. Efficiently. Where they don't have to bring the whole team to him. And, and let's not forget this team. Don't forget about the Toronto Raptors. Now, I'm not picking them to win the finals, but the heart of a champion is a real thing. It's not a myth. It is a real thing, and you are the defending champ until somebody knocks you off that throne. And they have this guy. I don't know if anybody knows him. His name's uh, Pascal Siakam. Stug. Yeah, the, dude, the dude's pretty good, so uh, they might benefit from this as well. So before we start and jump into championship predictions, let me ask you who makes the um, the Western Conference playoffs because they got a boatload of selections, and then who do you think makes it out in the East between the Magic, Nets, and Wizards? Yeah, give me give. So I'm gonna start in the East because I think it's easier. I think it's only the Magic and the Wizards to be honest. I think the Nets are secured. Yeah. So between so the Magic and the Wizards, give me the Magic. Listen, the Magic basically have a home court advantage. Like if you think about it, they're playing in their own. They're not moving. Yeah. They don't. Less I don't travel. even think they have to stay in a hotel. To be honest, I don't know if that's going to be mandated by the league. Uh, that probably that's a whole, will be, but family's close still, nonetheless. Right. That's a whole different argument. But so I'll say Orlando in the East and the West. I'm I'm going to do this just based on being a fan, and I'm going to say the Pelicans, and, and I and I think they get in, and I think it's going to be some some uh, reemergence of a guy named Levar Ball. Because uh, his son plays on the Pelicans, and he predicted the Pelicans to beat the Lakers. But listen, it is not just because Zion went to Duke, although that's probably a big part of it because I am a fan of Duke. I want to see Zion play LeBron. I think that's a fantastic matchup. It's a fantastic storyline in a league that's just filled with storylines. We'll be buried in ratings. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. The ratings on those, that series will kill the rest. Absolutely. So I think as a fan, but listen, I wouldn't mind seeing Ja try to take that – and see what he's got in terms of leadership. Portland, again, I don't think they upset the Lakers, but I think could they take them to six, maybe seven? Absolutely, at, at least in my opinion. So 
Uh, I think that's really intriguing. But I think I think the Pelicans get in, uh, and I think I think it'll be a fun series. I think when you look at the West, I think it's a, you want the Pelicans based on a fan point of view. Yeah. I feel like that's more of the the healthy storyline, the rating storyline. But I think I think based off pure talent, you can't ignore the Trailblazers knocking on the door. Not knocking on the door. They they might crash the party. They might very well get into the playoffs and force the Lakers to go Game Seven and then slow up the Lakers for the rest of the series. Had you had mentioned LeBron being Year Seventeen, or they could very well make the playoffs and beat the Lakers. So I think at the West, I really want the Trailblazers. And when you look at the Magic, like you said, it's just they're basically home. They're not traveling the most. They're more comfortable in the situation. Um, I feel like everything is lined up for them to make the playoffs. So from making the playoffs to now winning the title. Very, very drastic difference in these two things. <laughs> it's one thing to make it, it's another thing to win, and it's another thing to stay there, i.e. the Raptors. Who do you think is going to make it out of the East? Who do you think is going to make it out of the West? And then who's your overall finals prediction? Absolutely. Don't bag on me for being a fan, okay? I work in sports, <laughs> hey, okay? I love my the job, rating. I love the ratings. Angle. My job is storylines, okay? But uh, this is this is really tough, and I think I, I, I think the Lakers, and, and again, part of this is fandom, and part of this is, is understanding the, the situation. Yes, out of the West. Um, I, there, there's a lot going for them. I think if we see a surprise eight seed, Memphis, maybe Sacramento, the Spurs, the Suns, they'll, they might sweep that team in the first round. Then they're going to get the winner of the Jazz or the Thunder. Neither team is, I don't think, of at the capability of the Lakers. No, so you're, you're looking at teams not up there. You're looking at potentially walking into the Western Conference Finals, and then obviously that's when it gets real. It gives LeBron some time to get some games underneath his chest again. So I just think, and listen, I'm going to bet on LeBron coming back, ready to play, proving to us he's the best player in the league, and ready to go. And that's just, again, there are people on the other side of it that are going to say he's too old. He can't, you know, he can't get back going. So. I, I think it's I think it's fascinating, but I think the Lakers come out. I think the East is even. I think it's harder to predict. The East is wide open here. I'm yeah. reading the teams right now: the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, Heat at the four seed, Pacers five, 76ers six, Nets seven, Magic right now eight with Wizards fighting for it. That's wide open. Who do you think you got there? I, it is it is brutally tough because there there are about four or five teams you can make an argument about. And and I, do I think the Heat have a chance to make it? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Uh, do does the Sixers have a chance? Obviously, we mentioned who we're getting. I'm going to bank on the fact that they're not coming back as the the home Philly team. Uh, so I think they actually get bounced. They might play Boston in the first round. Boston's been their nemesis. They're actually they actually have a three one series lead on Boston this year, but Boston had beaten substantially the last time outing before this break. So correct. Yeah, it correct. was it was difference there. Um, Victor hasn't gotten his feet wet necessarily. The Nets. I would I you know I would have seriously looked at picking the Nets if. Katie and Kyrie are coming back. Unfortunately, neither one, and smartly so, neither one is coming back Well, not back just this that. Year. Let's talk about Kyrie for a little bit. Kyrie's actually going against everyone. He doesn't want the NBA to come back at all. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. He's the VP of the Players Association, so he does have a lot of pull. Yeah. He, he you know, again, he gets a bad rap because of things like he said. You know, he thinks the earth is flat. Flat earther. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure he said he doesn't think dinosaurs exist uh, or existed. Excuse me, so... Uh, a lot of what's coming from him is, is tough. And again, I I think he's trying to speak for a group of 80 players. Which is hard. Rather than saying, this is my point of view. Here we go. And what does everybody else think? Then hop on the call. Don't come out and say he's the driving force behind not wanting to play NBA basketball this season. You know, when other guys are like, hey, you need to stop. Like Austin Rivers came out against him uh, and kind of all this stuff. It, you know, I, I do think he gets a... Uh, 
a, a bad rap a little bit, but he says some obscure things, like, and people are going to hold that against him. Well, let's not get into politics too much, but you have guys like uh, Dwight Howard saying it's going to stop the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, and we're just basing it on sitting on the fence. And you guys have like LeBron saying it's not going to deteriorate his movement cause at all. Um, so that's also something that we'll look into and we'll take part in as we continue moving forward, but it's definitely not something we're gonna sit down and discuss. Those guys have their own opinions, those guys have their own force, and they've earned it, they've earned that right, they've earned that stage, they've earned that level of voice. So we're gonna give it to them, and whatever side they choose to stand on, we'll stand with them. Absolutely, and, and this is where I'm gonna leave this, with the whole Dwight Howard thing. Guys, understand one thing. Systemic racism is not ending today, it is not ending tomorrow, it is not ending five years from now. This is going to be a long, drawn-out process, and we all have to take part in it. So, uh, if Dwight wants the NBA to go away for ten years, we have and, to continue to take part in it. It's not—it's not a real quick movement. Absolutely. It's going to be consistent. It's going to be years and years of work, like Absolutely. you had mentioned. It's not going to be a one to two month deal. Absolutely. So, uh, just just so Dwight understands that, if you know the NBA might not play for thirty years, uh, that might be the earliest that th- this uh, quote-unquote problem could be any what resolved. But back to basketball. Back to the East. I think the league follows LeBron. We could say, and they all want to continue playing ball again. Yeah, I mean, the I, money's I, there. The playoffs are there. You know, huge credit to him, by the way. Oh yeah, uh, LeBron's just a guy that everything. You know, he 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 will he will speak his mind, and whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, he's gonna he's gonna say what. That's he wants. my goat over Jordan. <laughs> That's my goat. But uh, but so back to the East in basketball. Listen, what do you again, got again? I'm going to go with the Bucks. I, You know, Giannis... That's the safe pick, Ryan. It is the safe Goose, pick. Goose, that's the safe pick. I'm sorry. You know, I, I think I think it's his time to get over this hump. And again, listen, at some point, somebody's going to have to take the torch from LeBron. And it can't be six guys. And it's weird that LeBron still has somewhat of the torch in the East and he's not even there anymore. Exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. He leaves the East and, the, you know, it becomes as wide open He's still king as, of the East somehow. As ever. So, uh, I think Giannis... You know, again, I, we, has he been working on a three-point jump shot during this break? Who knows? Maybe. You'd have to imagine with his workout I, I, Absolutely. So, uh, the Celtics are right up there. The Raptors are there. Um, you know, and I, th- I think it's going to be Boston and Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. But give me Milwaukee in the end. So, out of the West, you have L.A. And out of the Bucks, or out of the East, you have the Bucks, And you think the Buccaneers, or the Buccaneers, the, the <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks are going to solidify themselves as champions. I think I have to disagree here. I think whoever wins the Western Conference Finals, and I think that's going to come down to LAL versus the Clips. I think it's going to be the Lakers walking out of the West, and I think it's the Lakers' storyline to win this Finals. Oh, I'm I think not picking Milwaukee to win it. Oh, you're no, not gonna, oh, no, oh, no. You're, you're picking the Lakers, the Lakers and, yeah. the, and the Bucks. Yes, that's so between, the Finals. Give me LA over oh, the Oh, so you, t- you do have the Western Conference team. Okay, I was a little, yes, little I do. skewed there. Yes, I do. So out of... Los Angeles and the Bucks. You have Los Angeles winning. Yes. I think I had a different finals than you. I think I have the Lakers playing the Celtics, but I think I have the Lakers. That's a, that's a textbook storyline, by the oh, way. Yeah, Two absolutely. franchises. It'd be perfect cap of the year. The history. And I, and I think the Lakers are the better team there. But I yeah. think the Celtics get their feet wet in championships, and um, they'll be they'll be a force to be reckoned with for a lot of years. Absolutely. And that Milwaukee series with Boston in in my in my uh, prediction, listen, that goes seven. Like I'm, I'm not yeah. gonna front about that. That goes seven. The East, I'm like, not, I'm not afraid to say that. It's up in the air. But I, I do think, listen, and, I, and again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out my quote unquote expertise that I have and go fandom. I want the Lakers to win the title. Oh, I yeah. think the storylines, them winning it in the year Kobe passed, 
it means so much. LeBron, his third championship with a uh, four championship total, three with three different teams. He'll be the finals MVP. I don't care if Anthony averages 45. They'll still find a way to give it to LeBron. I just think I, it would be it would be textbook. And again, it's going to start a conversation again between people. Agreed and again, well. I think that's, a, that's the worst thing people could have done throughout this whole quarantine is try to shut off LeBron from any conversation moving forward. Um, again, I don't care what side you're on. Uh, but if you're not willing to have a dialogue about it, uh, to me that that that's not really fair uh, to begin with. So I think they come down with it, and we saw it Friday before the shutdown back in March. LeBron they played the Bucks, and then they played the Clippers. They won both of them. Him versus Giannis oh, was something. Them. That was something special. And he guarded Giannis, yes. and he defended him very well. And LeBron was playing the best basketball, maybe of his career. People don't want to talk about that, but maybe of his career in year 17, down the stretch before COVID took over. Now, I think it's going to be a great storyline if the Lakers win it, and I think it's going to be fun to have basketball back. But from one league that's ran greatly to another ran poorly, Goss, what's the latest on the MLB and the MLB returning? Yeah, so the MLB, the owners, just offered up a 73-game proposal at 80% of prorated salary. So for people at, at home, you know, the players are getting paid per game because they're not playing every game this year. Well, if they played 48 games at 100% of their prorated salary, it's the same as playing 73 or 76 at 80 to 83%. It's the it's the same it's the same thing. So, uh, unfortunately, a guy making 35 million dollars a year would only make 7.8 uh, in in one proposal. So, again, I, John, I've been on this train for a long, long time. Oh, and uh, let me just finish up what they're what they're doing right now. Uh, there is no counter offer from the players. It is now in Commissioner Rob Manfred's hands, which might be the scariest thing I've said. This is as of yesterday. This is as of yesterday, which might be the scariest thing I've ever said in my entire life. I hate Rob Manfred. Um, It's in his hands to (laughs) dictate how many games they're going to play this season, and and, and it's just ridiculous. Again, stop letting the public in. Close the doors. Figure out a deal. You know why? The owners are leveraging the players. Well, we have... You know, at one point we had 40 million people unemployed in this country. You guys are crying about money. I don't care who's right. I don't care who's wrong. They both look like teenagers just fighting in a parking lot. Like, it's it's absurd. Close the doors. Call me when you're done. Come out with a deal that's signed. I don't, I don't need anything else. Stop putting this all in the public eye. It, it's, it's disgracing the game. I think the MLB is doing an awful job of putting what should be in the public side, like star players and star franchises, but and then putting the things in closed doors uh, that should be behind closed doors in the public side. I think they have a weird um, view on how those things should be seen, and I think they need to fix it. And I think it's Rob Manfred's fault entirely. I think that's one of the most delusional um, commissioners in sports, one of the m- most delusional commissioners ever in sports after what happened with the Astros thing. I can't see how the players get behind this guy confidently. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, he had players um, rat on coaches, players rat on the, uh, an organization, and then hit him with a slap on the wrist. I mean, the title in 2017 is tainted. There's now Yankee news coming out. So baseball baseball's not on the right track right now. Yeah, baseball's in a tough spot. He also called the World Series just another piece of metal. Wow. Uh, I don't know if that's the exact quote, but that's basically what he said. Uh, you know, the one team we're not hearing in the headlines is the Mets. Which is a good thing, finally, uh, for both of us yeah. <laughs> uh, and all Mets fans around the country. That's a very good thing. But yeah, he's handled this situation poorly. 
you know, he came out the other day and assured that we would have a season. And, okay, that's that's the first positive thing. You know, I will give him credit on this. It's the first positive thing I've heard out of his mouth, you know, all, all, all off season. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think Rob Manfred is cocky enough to go with replacement players? Do yeah. you think, or do you think this ends up in a year lockdown, a two-year lockdown, something, something long distance? This is interesting because you mentioned the two-year potential lockdown. Uh, their CBA expires in December of 2021. They can strike, do all this kind of different things. So we might be two full years, maybe even more, without baseball. Which would be horrible. Replacement players is an interesting idea because you're not going to get the fans that you normally would. But you might have to do it. First of all, they made a movie called The Replacements. Replacement <laughs> yeah, football great, players, great which movie. is hilarious, by the way. Great movie. But we're not talking about guys coming off the street. That's Hollywood. exactly what yeah. that was. You know, you're talking about minor leaguers. I have a buddy that I worked with at Yale. His brother plays with some of the top minor leaguers. Listen, they're trying to get together. They're trying to play ball, period. Okay, so it's not, these are not guys that when you hit a pop fly to them, they're going to run 50 yards the other way. These guys know how to play baseball. They are really good prospects, and they may even be in the major leagues a year from now, two years from now. Maybe our guy Kevin McGee from Pompton Lakes might uh, would would happen to get called up if, if that out. were to happen. Shout out to Kevin. Uh, but I think it's I, that's a really good point. Are the owners willing to do that? It's a lot cheaper to pay those guys. You know, you lose some fans, but you have to kind of gauge fan interest, I guess, in that sense. I think I think that's a bad move for them right now because the whole gauging fan interest thing right now is looking real bad in the negative side. So to gauge that even more negative is really, really bad. I don't think the MLB knows that they're in a position, or they're not in a position to make the leverage. They're, they're, they're really not. Yeah, the, the, play- players, the players are in a perfect spot. The cream of the crop, you said, you said those guys uh, in the farm system are good, but the difference between them and the majors is... Night and day. Right. You're going to lose a ton of fans. You're going to lose a ton of TV. You're going to lose everything if you go with replacement players. Right. And, you know, again, absolutely. If they were that good, they'd, you know, they'd be they'd in the be major there. leagues by now. Here, Here's an idea for you, Rob. Why don't, if we don't have a season, why don't we get a 30-player home run derby? Something. One player from each team show up at one location and have a home run derby for the fans. Do you think that would engage fan interest? I sure as hell do. I think it would be interesting for people to, to for people to watch if they can't watch baseball. Again, they have to get it right. You mentioned the Yankee news coming out. By the way, it doesn't look like that's true, but if it is, Rob Manfred is gone. He is gone. If he covered that up in any manner, he is gone. He should have been Period. gone after the Astros thing. Now this is just adding fuel right, to the fire. Fair. Now, I hate Rob Manfred. The, the other part about sign stealing, just uh, just to wrap this up, and and you know we're kind of running out of time. Sign stealing to me is a lot like when steroids were in baseball. Everybody was doing it. So few got caught. And here we are. You know, again, you, you listen to pitchers and catchers. In the postseason, they change their sign every batter, every other batter. Those guys know, are Especially elite, when elite. there's a guy on second base. Yeah, they're changing the signs all the time. That's why it's so hard to pick up those signs. It, you know, it, it's, it's unreal. But to think that your club isn't stealing signs somehow... Listen, I'm sure the Mets are doing it somehow. Like it just it's so now it's not helping it's, them. It's, yeah. not, it's clearly not helping them. They can't get to the postseason. I wish we could feel signs better. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but uh clearly it's not helping them. But to think your team isn't doing it is kind of ignorant. I, I think the Red Sox did it, let's be quite well, frank. Well, I think all these teams did it, to be completely honest. That's where my argument against Rob Manfred comes in, because if you're gonna let it happen, let it happen publicly. 
don't let it happen and try to cover things up here and there, slap a wrist here and there, get people to confess on, on their organizations and give immunity to the players. He's just doing this so shady, so sketchy, that he loses credibility as a leader of men. He's supposed to be a leader of men. Absolutely, and what I think makes the Astros thing blow up even more is that they did win the World Series that year. You know, the Yankees probably did it in 2017 as well, Which, but they didn't win the World Series. When you look at the numbers, though, of the Astros on the road versus the Astros home, it raises a lot oh, of eyebrows. A absolutely. lot of eyebrows. And you know what's ironic? They won the World Series on the road. Uh, not saying it didn't Shout help out John them. John Boy, by the way. Uh, but absolutely hilarious. So we are out of time. This was episode five of the Air It Out podcast. Again, whether you hate me, you like me, you like the show, you like Jolan, you like the birds chirping in the background, you hate the planes that are flying over our head. So Let annoying. us know. Reach out to us. Joel, where can they find us? Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Air It Out or Instagram at Air It Out Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can reach us at those. Absolutely. Gosh, home, baby. Uh, we appreciate you guys and all your support. We will see you for Episode 6. Maybe some more sports news, we hope. And uh, we'll see you next time. And if you want to be a guest, hit our lines. Absolutely. Give us a call. Close the books.